Happy middle of June on this very warm Wednesday, and welcome to Crew Talk brought to you by Shoots Video. I'm Bonnie. I'm currently glistening here in my booth in Los Angeles, but let's take a trip down to lovely San Diego, California to chat with our San Diego crews. I would love for you to introduce yourself to the crowd and we'll get rolling. We'll get right into it. Does anybody, would anybody like to go first? No pressure, but all the pressure. I'll go start it. All right, Mark. Been doing up, been checking in with Blair and everybody, uh, the whole crew there at the uh, at shoots.com and, and whatnot, and then having fun with everybody. Shoots video and uh, been doing this for ever during COVID. It was a pretty popular for destination for all of us to try and chime in four to five o'clock on Wednesdays. I'm Mark Schultz with Crystal Pyramid Productions, old school since 1981. Um, and uh, been doing video production. And in the mid-80s, we did a lot of shows and distributed them worldwide, mostly how-to and educational back in the VHS days. So that kind of dates things, too. And most of the cameras we had and still have downstairs in the garage are Betacam SPs. Uh, we've now got, of course, newer, like Sony FS7 Mark IIs. And, and as I was showing the guys before, some of the big, you know, cameras, packages, City Altas to do the big events, the big lenses and all that kind of fun stuff. And then, uh, you know, interviews and shows, complete shows. And we'll talk more about all that later. Love it. Okay, I'll go next. Am I on screen? Yes. I can't tell. Okay, hi, I'm Orasio Jones. I own a Cinema Viva Video Productions. We're down here in downtown San Diego. And we specialize in corporate videos, whether it's like interviews with executives or safety or training videos. And we've been doing a lot of live streaming in the past couple of years. And I actually started live streaming more like 10 years ago, but the technology was really low key back then. Uh, but yeah, in the past couple of years, we've heavily invested in our live streaming setup. We have like Live View Solo, like Mark and I were talking about earlier. We just got the Starlink satellite. So we can basically stream from anywhere, even in the middle of the desert. Awesome. Yeah, Harasha, just to let you know, Harasha and I have been working together for the last couple of years, uh, especially during COVID, because everybody wanted more streaming. So that's a little side note, but uh, great guy. He's, his company is fantastic. Uh, he hasn't been around as long as us, but he's but he's definitely a, a key person and, and up and coming in San Diego. Love a good testimonial. Fantastic. Thank you. I'm Patricia Mooney, and I'm Mark Schultz's partner and wife so we live together work together play together and it's very interest it's it's very very important to strike a good balance because we are together so much of the time so we do a lot of mountain biking and in fact in our beginning days and we've been together for 40 years we decided to do a lot of videos on the passions we had so we were among the first video pioneers of the 1980s with VHS videos on all kinds of things like massage and mountain biking, for instance. And so it, we've learned that it's a good thing to wear a lot of hats in the video industry because if a gig comes up for a sound check or a gig comes up for an editor or a producer, whatever, if you know all those things, then you can you're you can toss a wider net out there. And teleprompting operating. <laughs> In fact, I highly suggest that that seems to be a good niche right now during events and studio shoots. Very nice. And I believe last but not least. Yep, we got Rico here with Molden Works, Rico Molden, and uh, been doing this since 2016. I'm a full-time freelancer and uh, anything from shooting events to weddings uh, and then even some commercial work. And uh, I shoot, I edit, and basically a one-man band, but I also jump into other people's production companies as needed to play different roles. Speaking of which, uh, just out of curiosity, since San Diego's pretty big, it's kind of like LA. Where are you from, Rico? What part I'm here. Yeah, I'm here in Santee. Oh, 
Very close. We're over here in San Carlos, right by Cowles Mountain, which you climbed. Yep, climbed it uh, a few times. They go to a really, really top. Yep. Ah. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Uh, uh, guest star? My sidekick is uh, here uh -huh. on the floor. <laughs> nice. Hey, sidekick. You can say a quick hi, and then he'll watch. Hi. All right. Hey, bud. He climbed Cowles Mountain last week with me. I Shoots Video is a place for creatives to showcase their work and be seen by producers, marketing managers, corporate executives, and other future clients. Add your reel to Shoots Video today. How did you get started in production? Like, what was the thing that got you into it if it was a you were, you know, wanting to do it from the beginning or was it just a random series of events? Like, how did you get started? And what made you say, oh, this is what I want to do? I, I, you know, I've been doing this since 1981. Before that, I was in college at UCSD. So I went from UCSD to um, a communications sociology major. And I took the AV classes and black and white photography and all that fun stuff. And that's how I kind of got into it. Started that in 81. I started Crystal Pyramid Productions here in San Diego. So we're the last of the old school standing uh, video production companies. So I started then and uh, there was only a short period of time when I wondered if I didn't want to do it. And I actually literally went, and some people might remember what it's called, the yellow pages and they were real thick and it was all businesses. I spent like a week going through the yellow page from A to Z to see what I'd want to do. And by the time I got to V again, you know, a couple of days later, I was like, no, I still want to do video. There's nothing else I'd rather do. That's my story. I love it. Yes. Well, I kind of inadvertently lucked into it. Uh, you know, I was a music student at the University of North Texas, and I was looking for a job to uh, pay the bills while I went to school. And I went to uh, an interview for uh, like an office assistant at a TV station. And then I started talking to them about how, well, I also do like audio editing because I'm a music student. And they were like, oh, you know what? We have a video editing position downstairs. Well, why don't you go talk to the editors and see if you would um, like that? And so I, I talked to them. I looked at the equipment. And um, yeah, they hired me on the spot. And I uh, just started doing like some basic video editing and certain commercials and TV shows and stuff. But I found out I was good at it. And uh, that uh, inspired me to go out and buy my own equipment. So I went out and bought like a GL1, I think, back then. It was in like 98, maybe 2000, something like that. And um, yeah, just been doing it ever since. Great. I love that. Um, I want to see, Will, are you good with audio? Do we? Do yeah, we I can hear you guys. Yeah. So I didn't, I don't know about this group. What do you guys do? I was just wondering what it, it's all about. I work as a freelance cameraman and I have worked with Mark in the past and uh, I just saw this email and I thought, let me check it out. So what is this? What's the coolest group ever? No, we're going over the San Diego <laughs> uh, video production group. So uh, we're interviewing, you know, I'm not in San Diego, although right now I wish I was, uh, but <laughs> we're, we're interviewing everybody and we're learning more about each other and, you know, potentially opening up any sort of avenues to work together, referrals, that sort of networking thing. But it's nice to connect because I know a lot of us, like myself, we're still kind of isolating a lot. So it's nice to right. talk to other people. Um, I know some of us, like myself, I talk to myself all day long. So this is like the first human interaction <laughs> I have had all day outside of text oh, messages. Good. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're just kind of going around uh, talking about um, how we got started and introducing yourself and um, your company and what it is that you do. So we're still in that introductory phase. So no worries. We want to make sure you were good before we, oh, we kept yeah. that on. No, cool. I joined by phone and then it didn't stop. So that's why you couldn't hear me. But Anyway, I've been doing this. Uh, I've been in San Diego for 22 years, San Diego cameraman.com. And uh, that's my website with my reel. And uh, just, you know, freelancer, I like it. I enjoy the business. I work a lot for uh, Good Morning America. It's one of my big clients, ABC. They actually asked me to go to the floods in Wyoming today up at the uh, park, and I couldn't go. All right. So we were going over how we got started in production. Um, if it was like a lightning bolt moment or something that just fell into your lap and you said, yeah, this is cool. I want to do it. We're just talking about um, what inspired you, how you got started, because everybody has a story as to how they got started. And it's interesting to hear that from everybody in their perspectives. Yeah, I like this business like we all do. Not everyone can do it. 
there's a lot of thing, different things that take place to to have the uh, the know-how and the energy and the want to for this business. That's for sure. Um, I've seen a lot of people fail because it is difficult. It's tough, but isn't it rewarding though, right? And uh, I got into it at a young age. I was going to school, got an internship and worked in local TV and then started production from there. And then been freelance now or independent cameraman, I guess you could say, for a lot of years. More than I want to remember. <laughs> but I have a couple of Sony FX9s and I really got into the drone. I got my uh, drone certification about four years ago. And I just did a shoot with this free solo guy, Alex Honnold. He climbed uh, El Cap um, without ropes, a badass guy. And last Thursday, I did a shoot with him with my drone. It was pretty cool. So I've really been trying to specialize in drone if anybody needs some drone help. But I have a couple of FX9 and I just bought a DJI a Ronin 4D uh, a gimbal camera setup. So that's where I'm at right now with my career and my equipment. That's awesome. You got a 2022 Jeep. So there you go. You're, you're yeah. rolling. You're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all happening. Yeah, that's I worked fantastic. the Super Bowl this year. My van broke down and I worked the Super Bowl up in L.A. And I had to take my Jeep. But I was way cool. I just couldn't take all my equipment with me. But yeah, I have a, a van full of equipment. But I use this when I have to. Very nice. Who has <clears> not <throat> talked about how they got started yet? I Okay, okay. Patricia, go ahead. I have Tell a us visual your story. aid. Visual aid? Ooh. <laughs> my um, mother, well, my father was a corporate sales guy for Chrysler. And he sold a lot of cars and one of a little high camera that my mom used a lot when we were growing up in the 50s and 60s. So I, it was always in our face. <laughs> so I was used to that. And, um, and I liked photography. This is my first camera. Wow. Uh, and then Mark and uh, I met um, a Brownie Hawkeye. And Mark and I met 1982 on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. On the balcony of um, La Paloma Theater in Encinitas. And he was setting up his camera because he was going to videotape this show that I was singing in. And I was, I, we gravitated towards each other because I saw that camera. I'm like, whoa. It was one of the first prosumer cameras that you could, that a person could make money using a video camera so that was it was new it was in its infancy the video industry was just beginning so mark and i hooked up and he taught me everything he knew about the business and i just kind of took off into the areas i like including editing he taught me how to edit on a three-quarter inch two three-quarter inch machines you needed these big the a and the b-roll linear machines <laughs> Right? The A and the B rolls. Yeah, that's what I started three. on too. That's for that was... a simple dissolve. Yeah, the three. Yeah, the A B. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then the, the, the recorder. The recorder. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. We could just regale you with all these stories of the beginning. <laughs> but that's how I got started. Love it. Oh, there was a little bit of romance in there too. It had yeah, something love, for love everybody. It first, love at first sight for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. I'll pick up on the romance part of it on, on my story. Uh, at the time, my wife and I, we were dating and we were planning out what we wanted our, our life to be like. And just before getting married, we combined, we had some savings and uh, we both had full-time career jobs. And we said, let's quit our jobs. Rico, you like video so much. Why don't you go for it? And, uh, and that's what we did with uh, one birthday party was my only gig that I've ever had a paid gig. And it was like a $500 gig. And I'm like, I think I can make money doing this. And uh, with that quit. And uh, now we have uh, two kids and I'm the sole provider. She's a stay at home mom. And uh, it started off with a lot of weddings, but then turned into more corporate things. Cause I didn't want to just be working every single weekend. And, uh, and that's kind of been, part of the story there. I love it. I love everybody's individual stories. It's really interesting to see and to hear, I guess it's not just seeing it, but seeing how everybody's lives took different paths and some of them came together and it's really cool. Um, thank you all for sharing that. Um, what kind of clients do you work with on an average 
day-to-day sort of basis? Or is it kind of like what I was saying earlier, how any day could be different? Whoever wants to go, we don't have to go in order. It can just be whoever wants to jump in. Or if you don't want to, that's okay too. I won't yell. Yeah, well, that's part of what I love about this uh, this industry is that uh, you never know who's going to call or what kind of client you're going to work with, what kind of project's going to jump in your lap. But I would say most of the time uh, I would deal with, um, you know, the marketing people at a corporation or, you know, um, sometimes uh, actors will come in to do self-tapes or uh, what's fun is when artists come in and they need to do some kind of uh, video about their art or, you know, a little biography about them. Uh, maybe even done like a documentary about Chicano Park over here, which was really fun and interesting. So you get to meet a, a, a quite a wide breadth of people in this industry. And I like that a lot. I'm going to have to ask you about your self-tape rate. If I got to go down <laughs> okay. there for a work trip, I'm just saying. You got it. You got it. Okay. Whatever background you want. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to email you about that. All right. For sure. We do both corporate and broadcast work. So one of our recent gigs was with Drew Brees. He's turning out to be quite a television spokesperson. And um, because I've been doing a lot of teleprompting, the range is just very wide. I do both presidential prompting and in-studio prompting, downstream monitor also, and uh, recently did the um, <laughs> the Lincoln <laughs> Reagan dinner <laughs> and prompted for the uh, governor of South Dakota. So that was interesting. And uh, also a lot of doctors, because San Diego is such a technically and technologically savvy city with a lot of scientists and doctors, that comes a lot of that comes through our, our hands too. We just worked at the VA hospital a few days ago. We're doing a welcome video for them, for their inpatients. So uh, that, that's a wonderful group of people, VA people. Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> to kind of piggyback on what Patty's talking about. Um, uh, we did ironically three studio shoots with Drew Brees uh, for the last the last six months. And one of them was a Super Bowl commercial for avocados from Mexico, and then when by the time the commercial aired on the Super Bowl, it uh, I was the DP and Pat did sound and teleprompting. Uh, by the time it got aired on there, they were boy, they, we had to they had to shut down the avocados from Mexico because the 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 cartel drug cartels were giving the United States officials a hard time about the avocados. So they said no more imports for two, you know, for until it turned out to be two or three weeks. So that, that turns out the avocados are quite a big cash crop. So you never know what you get from that to let's say what Pat said we just did last week, which is the VA shoot, and she's editing it in Da Vinci Resolve right now. Or or when Comic-Con comes up next month, a lot of times I'll see people like Will. Will and I'll see each other on the red carpet doing interviews. I might be shooting for entertainment tonight and you might be shooting for extra or, you know, or vice versa. You know, well, we haven't done much with extra in a while, but I don't, they don't generally go there anymore. But you never know. Um, one time was ET Canada and I got to use some new transmission equipment back. This is five or six years ago. And I never thought what this thing called the DeJuro, which is a lot like a live view unit. And it broadcasts, you know, uh, wirelessly. So we were out running around and they download stuff to, the internet after they got their show so the editors could put it up on TV and entertainment tonight. So you never know. It's a lot of corporate work. And then, like I said, and this will be a good transition to Horatio is um, we do some big events, whether it's uh, like we did uh, the graduation and, um, or, you know, live out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, or we, we, we do, um, I did a streaming one with him where he, I always get, I always hire him and he hires me if we can together to uh, stream at a, one of the hotels, a big conference. And he, he had it. It's beyond me, man. That's why I love Horatio doing it. Cause all of a sudden they were doing live chat on zoom and doctors from around the world were chiming into the live audience. It was a hybrid event. A lot of that was going on during COVID. Um, and this is back in, I think it was October, November of last year, right? When, when, or the end of November or beginning of December, cause then the Omicron came in and just I mean, got shut down again events. But, uh, you know, good times. Go ahead there, Horacio. Oh, are we still on the same subject? Oh. I already spoke about that. Oh, <laughs> but I think it's Rico. Uh, Sorry about that, Rico. 
because then yeah yeah um i did a lot of live events at first and just like highlights and recaps and uh did comic con and stuff like that uh but lately i've been liking more like pieces that i can craft like uh mini docs and testimonials and stuff like that um the way i got my start on that was at a church i asked who does like the the videos that make everyone cry and uh they put me in touch with the right people and uh and then i started making those even for the church and then it's gone from there to testimonial videos for uh products and and small companies and nonprofits it's a great great icebreakers who does the videos that make people cry that's that's i mean <laughs> it's, it's hard to not <laughs> that's great honestly you know i'm going to have to put that one in my back pocket and borrow that from my job so thank uh, you for that one it's true. Whenever I watch the videos that I'll I'll edit, like I'll sit in the congregation and kind of look. And uh, if if there's a, a tear wipe, I know it was a good one. <laughs> Love it. No one cries at event coverage. <laughs> like my highlight recaps, people. Yeah, that's our job, though. That's a job to evoke emotion, right? Yeah, yeah. So we briefly touched on the uh, the pandemic, Panini, whatever you want to call it. Um, how have, th- and we were all very familiar with it, obviously. Um, how have things changed over the last few years for you with your business? How did you pivot when it started? Um, kind of take us through how you adapted, if you had to adapt, um, just how things have changed in the last few years in that regard. Whoever wants to go. For me, I don't think uh, COVID, I slowed down and do as much work. I didn't shoot in the field as much. But, you know, I don't think really uh, any anything has really changed as far as equipment. I never really got into the remote uh, camera thing where it was in a different room than me and operating. So for me, nothing really changed. If anything, I'm just so busy, I can't keep up with the workload. But, yeah, nothing's really changed for me uh, over the COVID period. Same here, pretty much. Uh, it slowed down just a bit and then got busy again. Right. And nothing nothing really changed. Hmm. Because our company has uh, done a lot of event work, and that's what we were really concentrating hmm. on. And Mark had just bought a 55 by Canon box lens, and we had several gigs lined up where he could use that where you can set that up and see them all on a nose from 100 feet away right mark that all went poof 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 and what we ended up doing was a video called the cultural resources awareness video for a architectural firm that works with camp pendleton so that's what we spent a lot of time doing archaeological not architect Right, right. So we we that took a while to do, and that thankfully did uh, help stoke our coffers. <laughs> and uh, and basically, it was just marketing, marketing our wares, using that time to market. Um, piggybacking on that, and Horacio, the 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 big box lens. The last the well, the the first time I got to use, I bought it in December, uh, the end of December of twenty nineteen. We, uh, Horacio and I had a job where I got to use it in March, the beginning of March. And there was another job later in that March. And after the first one that then COVID hit big and strong and that's when they shut everything down. And, uh, that was it other than like, <clears throat> you know, like Pat said, a couple of, uh, of military jobs, including a teleprompter job at the coast guard. Uh, but that, that one project was from script to screen and, I gotta say, Patty did a marvelous job of editing and finding footage of get this Indians doing the the, the, the matadi grinding of the acorns and storing them from the 1945s in color. That was a trip. Wow. Rosh can jump in from there. <laughs> it was um, silver telly. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so when COVID hit. Not long after COVID hit, we got a call from uh, an ad agency in New York who was looking for somebody to stream like a local chef. Uh, so I was like, yeah, we're ready to do it. We're doing live streaming and stuff. 
And that turned out well. And we ended up doing like a hundred shows with chef Richard blaze who won like all these uh, big chef uh, competitions. And we did some more chefs like that. And it was basically just, uh, you know, two cameras filming a chef for a private zoom audience of uh, these different corporations and they would cook along with the chef. Uh, so that got really popular during COVID and that basically, you know, pulled us through all that. Uh, but we gained a lot of experience in live streaming through that. And, you know, a couple of times I even had to go to like New York or Nashville to do some live streaming. Uh, I had to go to Arizona and film, uh, what's his name? The football player, Howie, Howie Long. That was cool. I got to go to Howie's house and uh, film him for a Zoom meeting. Um, and so, yeah, that's how we, we pivoted during COVID. And uh, it's just been uh, going ever since then. Cool. Yeah, I know being freelancer and working for yourself when all of that started, that was uh, pretty scary. At one point, I was the only person working in my house at the time. And that was figuring out where can you pivot. And some people had to totally do something different. But sounds like most everybody here just kind of did what they did and kept doing it and kind of had to intensify in some other areas, maybe like you said, in marketing or just making sure you could still keep doing it. Um, I think that's really important because learning from each other and how did you get through it? But enough about that stuff, because that can be pretty depressing. Enough about that. Do you have any fun projects you've worked on that have stood out from the rest? Or if you say, you know, I already talked about my fun ones. I want to talk about a horror story. <laughs> Would love to hear some of those because I think most horror of us story. have those. I know I do. So either one, if it's a funny horror story, it's even better. I have a quick funny horror story. Love it. Um, it was for a real estate shoot and uh, the the client, the agent, it was he was gonna find the the house that we could shoot at. And so he found this amazing multi-million dollar house and uh, we get there and the owner was there and the owner said, yeah, you can shoot anywhere on the property. just don't show the house. And we were like, okay, that's, that's funny. And he's like, no, I mean it, you can't show the house. And so I did a real estate shoot without showing the house. And uh, we, we then got some pickup shots, but that was pretty weird to get to a place thinking we could shoot it. And then we couldn't. How, how does, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm over here, like trying to figure out how that. Wow. Okay. That. Wow. That is that is a funny horror story. Yeah, but you did it. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. well, I um, my mind's a little blown from that one. Does anybody else have anything? It doesn't have to be a horror story. It can be like the best client you've ever had. Whatever. That's cool, too. But I like I have one. Okay. It's not, it is a horror story. And it's the, it's the thing that most video crews would probably, it's the nightmare of any video crew because uh, we were up in Novato, California. And the night before a big shoot we had, all our gear was stolen. Well, not all of it, but $25,000 worth of gear was stolen out of our car. Oh. And we had been in the process of removing it from the car to the house where we were staying, but then we were interrupted in that process. Oh, we've got to go. And so we were gone for an hour. And then we came, when we came back, we saw one of those little light panel, the light panel disc was on the ground next to the car. And we, and our hearts just went and the um, rear door of our station wagon was, was sort of open. We, we pulled it up and everything was gone except C-stands and a light kit. This was during Christmas time and they followed us, we think, from the uh, San Francisco Bridge. Uh, we did some pickup shots over at that park. So be careful. We think they put a tracker underneath the car because I drive so fast in and out of traffic. There's no way they could have followed me. But uh, that's what I've heard has happens a lot up in Oakland in, in, in particular is really bad. Yeah, I was in to, Oakland uh, a few weeks ago yeah. and rented some stuff off ShareGrid, and uh, they said are you shooting at the hotel because if you have to take it like to a car there's like a shooting last week or held at gunpoint and we're like no we're shooting at the hotel so yeah well wow. it's kind of got a happy ending it did 
we only had uh, the insurance for like about 10 grand for off-premise, which I didn't know at the time and since then raised it to 25,000. But I kept on eBay and Craigslist watching every single day because I was pissed. And uh, I saw it come up after about four months. Um, but by the time the police could get in on it, they were these guys were already gone. They used a fake name and fake website and they used a, a, a bunch of stuff. So that it went away. Then almost a year to the day, uh, December of the next year, you know, it's, it's like a couple of years ago, it popped back up again. And I saw it. I got the cops on it quicker. They got the guy. He wasn't, he was, he was a, some innocent dude. He just had bought it from these criminals or the criminals criminal and then got and So he had no idea that it was stolen, <laughs> but I did get my camera package back. Most of it. Um, not the, you know, so that, that, that kind of, so if you keep persistence and look, cause that, you know, there's a picture of my serial number and including the Hiscox thieves beware stickers and the thing was identifiable with micro dots with my address and information. And it's still, so we got it back. So that's a, that's an interesting one, Will, you know, because I know you travel a lot up all over the place with your equipment. And yeah. that's, uh, yeah, I'm afraid I, I ended up getting $150,000 worth of insurance. Because yeah. I don't trust anything, and you know, or anybody. And read the but, fine print. Yeah, so insurance. Yeah, is no kidding. Yeah, Jeff uh, Freeman just had his two FX9 stolen a couple oh, months really? ago. Yeah, he's just trying to replace them now. If you guys see that anywhere in the FS, sale. The FX9. So I've got the FS7. That was what was stolen from me. So I went and had bought an FS7 too. Then when, yeah. I, when I, my cousin got who lives there got my camera back for me, shifted to me. That's how come I have two FS7s now. Ah, okay, yeah. How do you how do you yeah. like the nine over the seven or less? Or oh what? yeah, it's a full frame camera. It's just beautiful. You know, more it's more movie esque. I think that full frame. You'll love it if you shoot with full frame. Yeah. Can you match the two? I mean, did they match okay? Seven. Well, I nine? the FX nines match perfectly. Um, they have a Cinetone mode where if you don't shoot in log, uh, they they're digitally matched. So that's nice because I was trying to match my FS7 two with the nine and it wasn't really working. But that, that's why I decided to sell. I sold to Brian uh, Kelly. Remember him? Yeah. I sold him my FS7 too. And then I'm getting another FX9. So it's been nice to have both of them. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the three matching Sony Cine Alta cameras, but the two FS7. Which one? The 900? No, no, no. The, the, that, that, those 900s and stuff, that's, that's, old, that's old school. Oh, it's old school. I, what it's do a you little have newer than old. It's still old school, but it's the F355s. Um, and, and I, that's what connects with the big box lens. And when I do. Oh, nice. Oh, for events. For like yeah, events. that's nice. It, does, yeah. it doesn't do 4K. My horror story real quickly. I 99% of the time, everything goes pretty much as planned. We have all had Murphy jump in and something happens, but you could right to, you know, like Pat runs two laptops when she does live events, special for presidential prompting, because if one goes down, not that it ever has, but if one goes down, she pushes a switch goes right to the other laptop that she's scrolling pretty much the same time. But I had a, 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 you know, I played grip. I brought all my lights for this one. It was, you reminded me Rico, because it was a house and it was for an outdoor generator. And, and after we, they wanted to shoot these beautiful shots uh, with the, with the jib that we got and everything for that one scene. That's just about dusk. So that the outdoor still looks kind of lit, but dusky golden hour after golden hour, and they wanted me to use every light I had, just light the place up. And then I did. And then they said, ah, it's still a little dark in that in that living room. I mean, in the bedroom. I said, well, I guess I could take the protective screen off of one of my open face lights. This is back oh. in incandescent bulb times. And wouldn't you know it, never happened before. The bulb without the screen blew. And hot fragments of molten glass and filament flew onto this bed and I, I, I hear the smoke alarm going off and I come running into the house. I, I, I pull the plug. I see I, 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 for some reason it didn't blow up on top of their beautiful custom made bedspread. This isn't a multi-million dollar home, but it was smoking their carpet. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I'm trying to grab the pieces, burning my fingers, stomping on it. It's, it's not causing flames, but it's burning the carpet. Just to say, I, I I didn't have to, but I used my insurance to pay for the fixing of all that carpet. That that was the the last scene of the day, the last light, the last everything, and that would what would happen. But other than that, we've never had anything. No one's ever gotten hurt, and uh, nothing expensive has been broke. So they say 
hey, look at our baby's dying. No, it shoots okay. Everything's good. Nothing. Nobody's hurt. Nobody. Nobody lost. You know anything? Nobody got injured. It's a good shoot. And we've been all over the world. Pat and I've been all over the world making a video. We went around the world on mountain bikes, like endless summer called Full Cycle of World Odyssey. If you want to check it out online, but uh, that we had all kinds of weird shit happening there. But but you expect that when you're traveling with 700 pounds of equipment, Beta Cam, Steady Cam. This is back in the late 90s, right, Pat? All kinds of fun mountain bikes. Unlimited. Well, we're we're troubleshooters, man. We you know if there's a problem, we fix it. That's our job. That's really essentially it, right? Yep. What was your horror horror story, Will? I don't know. There's so many of them. <laughs> when you guys are talking about funniest horror story, about Oakland. Uh, we went out with Good Morning America last year to do a piece on the defunding of the police, and we're in Oakland. And this, uh, we got there before the uh, ambulance arrived. And this guy, he was bleeding out right under my feet, and it was pretty intense in the whole neighborhood. It was, you know, it was a lower income neighborhood, and they were pointing, I don't know, guns and knives at us. When, but we were with the police, so I felt somewhat safe. But that was pretty uh, horrifying, you know, but you're, you know, you look in the lens and you kind of just forget about everything, but it was intense. The guy's bleeding out. The ambulance came and all that. So Ooh. yeah, something. That's, that's pretty bad. Do you have a funny horror story or Horatio? Yeah, I don't know. That's not very funny, huh? Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I was just thinking, you, you, you think back, there's just so many shoots and so many things. I couldn't think of anything that really stood out, but yeah, I just don't like having problems on a shoot. And if there is, we have to just fix it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Rashio, did you tell us a horror story or anybody else didn't? Rico did. He told us. Anything else? I guess go back to Bonnie then for the next question. Okay. I don't want to talk about mine. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, you have to. Uh, uh, which is the most, the, the the one that happened most recently was, I had moved my, it was before I got this booth. I just moved into an apartment out here and um, I was working in the closet until I got this booth. And my, my recording software, my DAW decided to reboot itself. And I said, that's fine. And I was starting in my session and it was a directed session where we record the files and we send it off. You can see where this is going. I had nightmares about it all the time and it finally happened. Um, we get done with the session, right? And I look. And it was recording out of my laptop microphone and oh. not my actual one. And my laptop was a good five feet away. Oh. And I'm listening to it to do the editing. I'm like, why does this? Oh, no. And I checked my inputs. And oh. Sure enough, my laptop decided to switch the the default. Oh. input. I, I actually had a small panic attack. And I thought, OK, well, what can I do? And I listened back to it and I directed myself. I had it playing in one ear and I just repeated it and sent it off. But it was a good half an hour that I had to redo. And it oh, was, good job. Oh, that was uh, that was scary. And um, see, you're in trouble. You, you were troubleshooting. You made you, it work. You troubleshoot it and you go, OK, yeah. let's let's just let's do it. Let's redo it. And it, I had to include all the takes we did not use. Like good I had job. to redo the whole thing. Uh -huh. So I think it turned out okay. Uh, but yeah, that was a few months ago. Nobody, and that was no, scary. Nobody was the wiser either. Right? Exactly. Nobody was the wiser and I got paid. So there we go. Um, That's it. That's woo, right. You were the only people that know aside from one of my audio friends. <laughs> and I texted him. I texted one of my audio friends. I was like, how do I fix this? He said, you can't. So, woo, that was a, oh, I that feel like I just went to, learned, to right? confessional or something. Again. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. So let's, um, this is a question that, well, that they want me to ask, but I also like to ask is what is the biggest lesson you have learned over the years since you've been doing what you do? And that could be a general life lesson. It could be a life lesson applied to your career. Like what's the biggest thing, if you could pass that on to somebody else, what would be the biggest lesson you've learned? Well, I'm going to start with just the first thing came to my mind. Um, I was a communication sociology major at UCSD, and I'd say communication with your client. That's number one, okay? Because uh, if they have unrealistic expectations or, or, or you don't communicate, whether it be editing or right before the shoot, um, uh, you know, you can get in, yourself in trouble. Uh, you've got to be on the same page. So that would be my quick, and then maybe I'll pump in again after you guys all think about what you want to say. But that's number one in my book. I would say my biggest, 
Sorry. I would say my biggest lesson has been uh, to always have a, a backup, backup video, backup audio. Whether that means bringing a, a small little camera or even using your iPhone in case your video camera fails. But uh, yeah, it's always uh, saved my butt to, to have a backup for audio and video and having a plan in place you know, before the shoot to know exactly what to do if something fails. Yeah. Uh, for me, I wouldn't say exactly a lesson, but it's been something that's helped me advance in the career is to um, under-promise, over-deliver type thing. Uh, but then every project, I uh, I make it better than what they paid for, if that makes sense. And sometimes it's me bringing in an extra person um, just to help the, the shoot go easier. Um, so I'll make like a a $4,000 shoot look like a $6,000 shooter or something like that. So that then I have that piece to show a client and just every project gets better. Will? Yeah, I don't know. I guess so many things, right? But I think um, as far as a cameraman perspective is to just shoot and shoot and shoot, especially when you're in a documentary situation. Don't like feel like you're ever shooting too much. Just get as much footage and give the editor as much to work with. And I had to learn that over time, uh, especially when we were shooting tape. We had to shoot a little tighter. Now we have a little more um, uh, uh, record space to record more. But to always be aware of your surroundings and shoot as much as you can. Don't undershoot. But that's a cameraman perspective. So in general, uh, yeah, I, I guess cameraman perspective. But what I did want to say is I've learned from this business. I think we've been very fortunate to be where everything is happening for me. And it's been, it's just been a, a, a great life experience. I think I'm more worldly because I've seen it all work with everyone been all over the world, like Mark, you have. So I think to me, it's just, it's changed my life because I've been where everything is happening at all times. And I feel very privileged to have experienced that in my life. So I know that's not answering the question we really had initially, but it's just been, it's shaped who I am as a person, just all the experiences, all the people we've met. And we could drop a lot of names, you know, but when it's funny, when we talk to people outside of the business, it sounds weird because we've done so much, but with between us, it's, it's amazing what we've been able to experience. Right. Yep. Do what you love, love what you do. That's a general one. Yeah. And like you said, traveling, meeting interesting people, it's never the same every day. As my friend used to say, we have to move our factory every day. <laughs> different locations it's a lot not everybody can do it nope but if you can make a living out of it it's a great living very fortunate uh, we highly recommend it uh, pat and i are also trying we're getting a little older now so we're trying to clone ourselves which is really difficult as horatio has been trying to help us find a few people he's we both found a couple guys uh pat trying to find so if you know if any of you guys or anybody out there watching this wants to get involved this could be a golden opportunity for you because we, we we need to take some people under our wing. I want to try and train someone that's already mostly trained. So I'm looking at someone like a Rico type that can, can, can learn how to take over with our bigger cameras, everything from the event side, which isn't maybe as much fun, but it's, it's cause it's quote corporate talking heads up on a stage or something, but you learn a lot. Sometimes you learn more than you want. Um, otherwise it's, you know, teleprompter, a sound person, so we're trying to clone ourselves so that we can get some people that we can start sending some work out and then maybe just, who knows, eventually get the equipment away and then maybe eventually the phone number and the website that's been around for over 40 years. Yeah. So there's a, you know, we'll see what happens with that, but, you know, definitely loving, put loving. that in the chat so people can get in contact with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just put in there again for anybody that may have joined late. I, I can don't put have our, it. our website stuff, crystalpyramid.com, but. Patty, what would you say? You got some. Uh, you got I would say that you must be willing to go outside your comfort zone. And I learned from the school of getting thrown to the wolves. So my first boom pole gig was at the Comic Con with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lucy Liu. And I dropped Lucy Liu's head up with my boom pole oh, I was trying to adjust the mixer you know and, ah! and I thought oh no that's the end of my career before it even started but I'm so sorry Miss Lou I'm so sorry oh don't worry about it <laughs> so being willing to go outside your comfort zone has big payoff there's even a we even have a we change our pictures on our business cards they always have 
you maybe pack a final one with Lucy Lou, but you know, like you'll take on one side, you have your information, you know, and then on the other side, you have a cool picture, you know, you're, you're operating, but, 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 but Pat's, Pat's one was, that was a classic. Um, you know, as opposed to when we used to sell our own shows, James Hong's been in the news a lot lately. And this is, this is Pat and I, we, we, hired, we put him in our movie about traveling around the world on mountain bikes. So that was our movie. And we had him come in signing autographs. Uh, so that was on the other side of the, of the card. So, you, you know, you, you, that's kind of a neat marketing tip. If you want to call it that Patty has been brilliant with that, with all these, like, like uh, Will was saying, you meet so many celebrities and, and whatnot. So why, if you, if you, if you, you normally you don't take pictures with them, you're not even supposed to, but sometimes it's, Hey, cool. Yeah. Come on over here. Get a picture. Use that for your business cards. You know, it shows that you've done some professional high-end stuff working. Like, like we just said, we've been working with Drew Brees for three, three times now in the last six months. Um, but, but, you know, doing commercials generally, but, but also just like you said, shooting everything, you got to be able to shoot it all like Pat, Rico, Will, Horacio, you know, um, Will's get a little more, my, my cousin does nothing but National Geo and, and some people just do nothing but cinema. Some people do nothing but TV spots, but we do it all. And, and it's Jack of all trade part. shooter. Yep. What's that? Jack of all trade, like a Jack of all trade shooter. I feel I'm the same way I could shoot everything. Maybe not specialize in one thing, but if you could vary your style and learn a lot of different styles, you have more opportunity to make money and work, right? Absolutely. Very nice. Did anybody not get to share something that they learned over the years? I wanted to piggyback real quick on the, I really like those business cards. And uh, I I almost did something like that, but I on a shoot met a celebrity that was kind of like my hero. And so I asked for a, a photo, but I'm wearing the mask. And a hat, uh, and no one knows who I am, so I, I don't uh, think I can do that. Where's those business cards? I can't even find any in here. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that that's kind of a bummer. The whole mask thing, yeah. Yeah. Here, here's here's one of the first Comic Cons. This is a fun one. This is with Carmen Electra and Kim Kardashian. We just got done doing a shoot with them. Wow. You know, there's the one with Lucy Liu. That's <laughs> she cool. was nice enough to take a picture with us. So that. That was good. That was like 30 years ago, almost or 25 or something like that. Um, but yeah, so it's, 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 you never know, but you just get hundreds of these things, you know, different pictures. You just, you know, so you know what's conversation starter. Um, what's interesting is that on some shoots you have to sign an NDA, don't take any photos, but then on other shoots, like with ClickUp, I worked with them a lot. And I said, is it okay if I take behind the scenes photos? I go, Oh yeah, have at it. We love that. So you'll get both ends of it, you know. So you, it's a good idea to just ask, can I take some photos? And all I can say is no. I think that's a big thing is that you just have to ask. Don't just assume. Yeah, you got to ask. A good lesson. Yeah. You have to ask. Otherwise, what's worse they can say is no. That or get out. But, you know, one of the <laughs> get out that of or kick you off the set. But, you know. <laughs> That's the worst. We'll never work this out again. Yeah. All right. Well, we are wrapping up here, um, but I would love to, I don't want to go over too long. So I know some people have dinner plans or I don't know, wherever you're watching this, you could be going to save Gotham. Um, How can everybody get in touch with you? Can we follow you on socials? Can we add you on socials? Send you an email? What's your preferred method of contact? Bat signal? Whatever that may be, uh, go ahead and let us know. And if you haven't already, put your information in the chat. All right. Thank you. Patty will. She she takes care of all that uh, Instagram and Twitter. and But, but, but I, I did put our basic information. Pat looks like she's typing furiously, so you might be getting something from her. Will, what were you about to say? Oh, no. Just thank you. This is a nice get-together. Appreciate it. Yeah, give me a call later. Um, yeah, uh, let's talk. For sure. I'll let you know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Enrico, you too. Seems like you want to get more involved. This is your opportunity, baby. Anybody else out there in TV land that Bonnie, I don't know who's on there that Corbin or Taylor got, let us, let us know, chime in, contact us. You know, we're, we're one of the few people that still puts our phone numbers out there. Um, You know, even though we get a lot of, you know, scam scam likely calls, but who cares, you know, just hang up. 
all day. I answer my phone when it's a spam call in my eight-year-old boy voice. And I tell them my mom's boyfriend's going to kick your butt and they usually hang up. It's great. It's also great at the drive-thru to get kids meals. So um, yeah, I totally understand that one. Let's all hear. We got to hear your eight-year-old voice now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, we're going to be over here and, uh, and like, <laughs> my mom is here and she's going to say hi in a minute. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh, bravo. Hey, thanks. Cool. Yeah. It's fun. Um, I get paid to do it, which is the best thing ever, but, um, I, and I think we all feel that way about our work, right? Like there's some days where you're like, man, this is my life. I get paid to do this. Like you're doing what you love and how, how fortunate are we? To do that. Right, exactly, it's, right? It helps like, you get yeah. through the bad times. It's like yeah. Yeah. it offers you a chance to travel the world. Um, yeah, it's gonna be challenging. Like we said, you know, trying to get 700 pounds of equipment over from one train track to the next one in Switzerland or or underwater scuba biking in Costa Rica and, and figuring out how to make that work just for fun, or or you know, it, it, it's just the, the it's the amazing amounts of things you get to do, the people you get to meet. Uh, so highly encourage you out there to have a good time. And like Bill said, just travel, do what you love, love what you do. And you'll never have a really tough, hard work week. That's not something that you were proud of afterwards that you did. You're glad you did it. Brilliant. Right. Right. Well, I think that's, I can't think of anything better to say than that, but um, thank you all so much for being here. It was so great meeting you. Um, enjoy the nice, cool weather in San Diego for me. I'm melting here in Los Angeles. So go outside and just take a breath in and go, this one's for Bonnie. So I appreciate that because I have to record a little bit after this. But thank you all so much Thanks, for Bonnie. being here. I hope okay, you know no, people you. contact you and stay in touch. And I hope to see you all at San Diego Comic-Con maybe next month. Maybe I'll see you there. <laughs> you, um, if you see us, you probably won't be able to get to us. There's too many people. You, I have my ways. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Little, Thanks, Bonnie. Little, little boy, uh, nice boy. meeting all of y'all. Nice meeting yeah. all of you. Thank you, you so much. Have a great night. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You might be looking at Shoot Stop video and thinking, so how does this all work? Is this about A, setting up the whole crew for me, B, just giving me options and having me handle it, or C, something in between? Well, it's D, all of the above. To put it simply, we're here to help you in any way that we can to get the crew and talent you need for your next production. We believe that every level of video production can benefit from a well-maintained list of qualified crew members for every position. This goes for pre-pro, on set, and for post. Every project is different. So if you need a producer to help manage the decision-making process, then we can totally do that. If you're already a producer and want to build your own crew from scratch, then go for it. We're here to make your next production a success. And if you are crew or talent looking for producers that want you, then you've come to the right place. Sign up now and also leave a referral for any solid people that you know that are already on here. Thank you for considering ShootStop Video and happy shooting.